What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. My guest today is a gentleman by the name of Sam Lamont. He has an amazing podcast out, great website, but Sam Lamont was such a joy to talk to. And, you know, I'm still getting going with the podcast, and he was a gentleman that He's just really, really profound, and he's really authentic. And that's not to take credit away from any of the other guests whatsoever, as I think all my guests have been great. But there's just a level of depth that you'll hear in this podcast when he talks about self-esteem, when he talks about you know going through some addictions and living in the shadow of a, of his mom and how he overcame all of those things. It was just a it was a bit different podcast and I really really enjoyed it. Different being good, not different being bad. But it just it felt very felt much more uh, like two hearts connected. I guess I, I would say say that the, the best. It was just really really cool. I really enjoyed talking to him. I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad that hopefully we'll be able to uh, stay in touch. And so please welcome my guest today, Sam. So who am I? I'm a really shy and sensitive kid who kind of had a, a hard time growing up, a hard time feeling like he fit in in this world and felt like everybody else knew what they were doing besides me. And, you know, there's a, a couple of things that I always say I am, which is like, I'm a teen dad, ex-meth head, college dropout. Sam Lamott, welcome to the Overcoming You podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. Thanks for having me, Josh. I'm honored to be here. Two things about you that I've kind of learned in listening to your podcast, reading some of your writing, is that one of the things that I'm very excited to talk to you about is that I feel like you're extremely vulnerable and 100% raw. And I don't feel like there's any sort of facade or anything with, with you. So I'm very excited to, to talk to you about, about that. And just to kind of start things off, similar to your podcast, to kind of make you feel a little bit at home. Sam, who are you? Yeah, you know, that's how I start every episode of my podcast. Because um, I hate introducing people. Because you always get it wrong. You read Wikipedia or you read the bio in their dust jacket and you never quite whoever wrote the bio even if it's them it's never quite real time and so who am I I'm a really shy and sensitive kid who kind of had a a hard time growing up a hard time feeling like he fit in in this world and felt like everybody else knew what they were doing besides me and you know there's a, a couple of things that I always say I am which is like I'm a teen dad, ex-meth head, college dropout, you know, (laughs) I I had a rough go of it in my teenage years. I was pretty much high and drunk from being 12 to 22. Um, and you know, I'm a guy who, I love the name of this podcast. It really got me thinking because my story isn't the story of a guy who overcame something. Mm -hmm. My story is about a guy who has learned to live the act of overcoming because it's constant, you know, I'm going to be totally honest with you and the listeners because my being transparent is all I have to offer. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
the premise of my podcast, which is How to Human, is if you believe what you see, you believe that we look like our profile pictures and like the stories that we're curating for the public. But our true, messy, quirky human experience is captivating and magnetic because it's real. You can see yourself in the story. And, you know, if you just look at what people are posting, if you just look at what people are saying about their life, you know, it's like living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) It's just ridiculous. And because none of it's real, you know, we all look like we have the best friends and perfect relationship and the best job. And I have, you know, I work for myself. I do a podcast that I love. I get to meet my heroes and it's not like it's still life. Stuff still comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Life's hard. There's no answer. I'm not here to give anybody here the answer to life because the answers are something that you have to find yourself. It's within you and anybody saying that they have the answer is full of shit and you should run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said something in an interview one time that I really connected with and you said just merely existing is sometimes extremely exhausting. And that's the one thing that you know, I have this podcast overcoming you and not that I ever want to be a beacon of, Hey, let me show you how to do anything. I just want to have individuals like yourself on and my other guests speak through their own story and have the listeners use a shopping cart approach method. You know, when you go into the the grocery store, you don't buy everything, you know, you just pick certain things off the shelf and if it works for you, great. If not, um, then so be it. But this whole thought process of, you know, overcoming and getting out of your own way is sometimes extremely exhausting. And it's like a daily effort that I have to put forth, I have to get up and, you know, go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, meditate, work out, read, you know, try to control my input. Um, so when you said merely existing is extremely exhausting, I really connected with that. I just thought that was a really good, I wanted to ask you, you know, sometimes looking back on our lives, we can kind of connect some dots. Why do you think you went down your addiction or why did you, why do you think you went, can you look back on your life now and realize what, were you running away from something? Were you, what kind of mental state were you in? Well, Yeah, I mean, I I do think, you know, life can be really exhausting at times. We all need an extra hour in the day. So to the listeners listening right now, like, I'm honored that you're giving us your time. I hope there's there's something that you enjoy here. And, you know, as people who are trying to live kind of out loud and be in public and sharing ourselves publicly, I think the best thing any teacher or role model or whatever can offer is to say, like, you know, I don't know, but I have this life experience and I'm willing to walk with you while you figure it out. You know, I think that's really the truth is kind of the no, no nothing approach where it's like, this is what works for me. This is my experience. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to find your own way. And it might be, you, you can borrow stuff that I'm doing, but nobody has the the formula as for looking back as to why, why I drank and used and really just didn't want to be here you know, why I wanted to be inebriated and and not sober. I think anything I say is just speculation, of course, because there's so many variables with life that it's hard to really tell. Some things that I I really suspect hard is that I just, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. 
you know, I felt I have really bad uh, self-esteem issues that I've been working through and that's been a huge part of my journey is getting comfortable in my skin and loving my face, which I haven't always done and really just being content with who I am in this one lifetime that we have. Um, I even have well-made tattooed across my knuckles. But so I think it was a combination of just not feeling comfortable in my own skin. I have um, some mental health stuff. I have pretty severe depression and anxiety. I think that was a way of self-medicating as well. Mm -hmm. And um, there's addiction in my family. So there's a whole ton of things. The the point is, is that, you know, yeah, I ended up a meth head and that's pretty much like that's like extreme on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to be a meth head to recognize that you're using things to get out of yourself to avoid the issue. Like if you're just binging TV, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a way to really distract yourself. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't get to binge TV if that's <laughs> that's not what you want. But right. you, it could be anything, you know, it, it could be there's healthier things like running if you become a running addict. But. These days I try to be as comfortable in my own skin as possible in the moment. Some days it's easier than others. And to try not to be like dependent on anything. So I'm I'm experimenting with being caffeine free. That's interesting. Mm. I don't know if that's like a, a forever approach, but not for um, me. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I mean you'd be surprised after a couple months it it's almost like cigarettes in a way I've noticed, which is like cigarettes. Um, people think that it calms down your anxiety, but it's it's actually calming the anxiety caused by the cigarettes, by the withdrawal symptoms. Mm. But I do love coffee. I've had a couple of <laughs> caf- uh, cups of decaf lately, yeah. which is weird. You know, it's like if you're not drinking coffee, why stain your teeth? But I love coffee. I'm not against it. I'm, I'll probably drink it again at some point. But I... The point is that I was dependent. I really lost a lot of my freedom and I try to be as free of a person as I can. Not, you know, not necessarily in just like a wild sowing my oats kind of way, but just in the do with my time here and, you know, everything from just looking at morning routines, like mm-hmm. am I remembering to breathe in the morning and meditate in the morning? Am I choosing what I'm doing in the morning or am I acting off of this this habit and this routine, which we, we do instinctually, I, I think it's because it saves energy and that's what we're programmed to do. It's like save calories for what's really important. So let's yeah. just make this brainless activity kind of carry us through. But the truth is that we have grocery stores now. <laughs> we have as many calories as you need. So you can take the time and use your use your mind to just think about what do I want to do this morning? What do I want to do with my time here? Because it's, it's a pretty short window. Yeah. You know, you and I um, are cut from a similar cloth, or at least, you know, the corners of it connect where I had my bouts with depression and anxiety that got so bad to where suicidal ideations became to suicidal plans. Um, I know you, you wrote a really great piece on suicide attempts, and I've been there. And do you know where your lack of self-esteem extends from or have you pinpointed that because i i have to be honest i haven't found that yet i don't know where mine it stems from i know it's very poor and now it's much better but it's a daily habit to keep it better do you know where yours poor self-esteem originated or what attributed to it 
I don't have like a a concrete. This is why, you know. Um, I had a guest on called named Mark Wolin wrote a book called It Didn't Start With You. It's about epigenetics and inherited family trauma. Fantastic. So I I could say my mom was just tormented as a kid. She has very kinky, frizzy hair. It grows like an afro. Uh, she now has dreads. But growing up in a waspy white neighborhood, she was called the N-word. She was just tormented and uh, really made to feel like complete shit about herself. So mm. – you know, maybe that changed her genes and I inherited that because I wasn't tormented as a kid. I definitely, you know, I've, I've been bullied like, like other people until I, you know, really stepped into my physicality and joined wrestling and was no longer going to be bullied. But um, I don't have a, a concrete answer and I don't know that I, I need it. Just I need to know that it's it, like a lot of the thoughts that will just come into my head aren't accurate. Like they're not factually based. I think they're fear based. Um, I have a, a really intense self critic and I think that's, you know, rather than say like, Oh, this is a, a problem. This is a bad part of me. Um, it's just like, I think for instance, my self critic is really trying to help me mm -hmm. like deep down. I think these things that manifest in really ugly ways are just trying to help us. How, you know, how does this abusive self critic in my mind try to help me? It's trying to avoid problems before they come up. So when I'm like creating art or I'm creating the podcast, it wants to be hard because it wants me to not be ridiculed, mm -hmm. you know, or it wants me to produce really good work. It just happens to, to be an abusive asshole that needs to be, you know, needs to be told like, Hey, you can't speak to me that way. I hear what you're trying to do. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I got this, you know, I really got this. If I need you. If I need a really critical eye, I'll call on you. And I don't, I don't know the exact extent of it. You know, I know like with depression and anxiety, I'm totally okay just saying maybe there, you know, maybe the just brain chemistry cocktail isn't quite right in my head. Mm -hmm. To be totally honest with everyone here, I went to the uh, psych department on Monday this week at, at Kaiser, and I was down in L.A traveling. It's, it was not the plan, but I just felt myself going down uh, a path where it's like, okay, it, this could go either way. I could, this could just be a low where I come out of it. This could be a, a spiral. And mm -hmm. I've learned to just really, really pay attention to myself. And so I, I went there and I said, Hey, you know what? I've kind of had a revelation this morning, which is that I haven't been quite feeling like, like myself for, you know, ever since this breakup and I've had like moments of good and then pretty decent chunks of, of really tough, like tougher than it needs to be. Yeah. And I said, um, I'd like to try something new. And I don't know if that, you know, I'm on a new medication, uh, Lexapro <laughs> started there. yesterday and, uh, I'm willing to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'm willing to try something else or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly willing to, I try not to make anything sacred. I'm very pro intervention. Do you know like the, the Buddhist four noble truths? Like, I think they're the Buddhist. The, the first one is like life is suffering, right? Yeah. So you just, you just have to resign yourself to that. But life is suffering, but if it feels like torture, go get help. That's a revised first yeah. noble truth. You know, right. if it feels like you're, you're suffering, go get help. There's so many people out there that are selling an answer, like a blanket answer, whether like, 
yeah, just think positive thoughts and exercise and sleep well and take your, you know, take vitamins or whatever it is. And, um, I think it's toxic for especially kids who have clinical depression or clinical anxiety to just be like, you're doing something wrong. If you just did this, 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 or this, mm. you'd be okay. So this is your moral failing. And I got really interested in like probiotics and, and all this stuff that was yeah. supposed to be really great for depression. I know it actually does help some people, but it didn't help me. And it felt, I just felt terrible about it. One thing I noticed along the way, I've gotten to really talk to some incredible guests. I'm yeah. just blown away at, at the level of, of talent I've been able to get. And one of the major themes between all my favorite people is they're ridiculously kind to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're so kind to themselves that it, it sent me on a journey I wasn't expecting, which is I've always been a hard worker. I've always been able to, to grind, you know, in the mm-hmm. kind of like typical <laughs> entrepreneur buzzword. Right. And I realized that all my favorite people aren't grinding. They're not doing some abusive process that like if you think about grinding it's a word uh so if you're if you're like grinding if you're working past your limits you're removing material from yourself i really believe that and so i started initially just saying i want to learn to work and and get good work done without abusing myself yeah without without waking up and saying get up you lazy bum you have to wake up at this hour because other people are working harder than you and you need to go do this and it started off Josh, I I was just unemployable. I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully I was working for myself full time at the time. Yeah. But it was like I could do that for like an hour, and then I could do it for like two hours, and then three. And I'm, you know, I'm finding that that point where it is, where it's like somewhere between four and eight, or four and twelve on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, but just trying to stay. I, I really think stress is is a, a bigger killer than we can quantify. Like sure. We just don't know how to quantify it. And so just really trying to be so kind to myself along the way. What's your thoughts? Because I think looking back at your life or looking back at my life, I think we, and and everybody else that's been through, you know, times of doubt or despair or depression or anxiety or just feeling dumpy or whatever, it's, you know, you have those thoughts of, oh, I'm a piece of shit or I'm worthless or God, I hate what I look like in the mirror or I'm never going to be able to have this financial success or be here or have that car or whatever it is. And when you're going, when it's the darkest, you allow those thoughts just to run rampant and spiral out. Whereas right now, at least for me, I'm able to tame those thoughts a little bit more. And I think that has helped me to be kinder to myself in that critic, that inside critic, like you uh, alluded to, I think we need to like train it to be, hey, be very critical because that's how you get better. You you can't just be like, I'm the best, I'm, I'm awesome all the time. But it's be critical in a kind way. Whereas for me, I used to just always say, you're a piece of shit, you're worthless, you're, you're ugly, whatever, and you just spiral, spiral, spiral. So how have you changed those the way you view the thoughts or the way you view that critic inside, because it sounds like similar, maybe I'm wrong, that you used to let it run rampant and then that started you down maybe a bad path, but now it seems like you're able to tame those thoughts a little bit better. How have you made that switch or what have you done differently from then to now? 
Yeah, I think that's a really fair read. I, you know, I used to view parts of myself as like bad or good because that's, we love that kind of like mm-hmm. binary thing that this is bad, this is good. These are bad feelings. Like feeling melancholy is a bad feeling. Feeling happy is a good feeling. Well, happiness is like, it's a, a fleeting gift. You know, when you feel happiness, when I feel happiness, I just go, whoa, I have this thing. I'm going to soak it up. I'm going to try and recharge as much as I can. But I've stopped trying to like label things as bad or good. They, they just are. Mm. And obviously I don't want to feel awful all the time. But I used to look at these parts of myself and be like, oh my gosh, this addiction inside me is a monster that I have to defeat. You know, it's demonic basically. And this um, self-critic is just this character defect and I try to have like a, a much more like holistic, like whole, all of it integrated approach where I try to let it all in. I don't, you know, my number one thing for people is like, especially there's like this toxic optimism where it's like posi vibes only, like just think positive thoughts and, oh, um, shit. Hey, fuck that. Oh shit. Can I swear? Yeah. Fuck shit. Cock balls. Okay. Fuck shit. Cock balls. Yep. Um, and you know, I really want people like just feel your feelings, you know, feel your feelings, invite them in. Maybe they're trying to tell you something, you know, sometimes they're not. Sometimes the mind is a liar. Sometimes it's, you know, these feelings are so first off, just listen, like give it an opportunity say, Hey man, like I didn't invite you here, but you're in my house and you want to sit down for tea. You want to, mm-hmm. you want to tell me something? Cause I'm, I'm listening. And I do think that there is some, some responsibility as well to have the, uh, you know, a, um, be able to question it too. And just say like, is this real? Is, do I know it's real? Like, is this sadness real? Or is this a story I've written? I lost a relationship that I, you know, we were pretty much engaged. I'd saved up six grand for a ring and we were talking about marriage and it ended. It was, it was really tough. And so it's really appropriate to be sad there, like to, to sit there and like try and bypass that. Uh, wouldn't be appropriate. Like you're going to end up going six months without <laughs> doing much healing. But other times, you know, I've noticed like, I think I get a little hit out of being helpless sometimes. And that's become like a comfortably uncomfortable place is like be helpless. Cause then if you're helpless, you kind of are like, okay, well then I, there's nothing I can do. Right. Yeah. Just going to wait for, wait for somebody to save me. I have written on this wall, the good news, you're a hero. The bad news, you have to save yourself. Hmm. And I can't save you guys. You're welcome to reach out to me on Instagram and I respond to everything, but I can't save you. Yes. Surround yourself with, with great people, but you really have to save yourself. And so there are times where I say, you know what, that that's not real. Like after I've investigated it, that's not real. And so I'm just going to do a little bit of reframing the narrative because yeah. we're, we're humans. We're yep. one of the gifts of being human. One of the gifts and curses of being humans is we can assign meaning to things. Mm. We're narrative based and we can write stories. And sometimes the story for whatever reason got written really weird, you know, like it got written like, Oh, this relationship ended because you were such a shit boyfriend. Yeah. Now I have cases in my life where that's true. I also know that I've written that story in instances where it wasn't true. And it ended up, you know, in one case in particular, the woman I was dating who broke up with me and I really just internalized that, Oh, I screwed this up. 
she wrote me back six months later wanting to get back together. My heart had changed after that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It would have been very convenient to just jump right back in. But yeah. uh, and she basically said, you were, the, you were the best boyfriend ever. And I had written this story about it. I, I think that the body, that the mind can get kind of hooked onto bad feelings. And so if that's the case, you know, there's no, I, there's no blanket answer if you feel bad. I'm just kind of sharing various ways I've navigated this kind of stuff. And if you recognize that, it's really okay to say, hey, man, I don't think that's true. Yeah. I don't, because who I am, I don't think it's my body or my mind. I'm not just a materialist. And so sometimes when I'm meditating, I'll just go like, hello, mind. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny how to have a little bit of separation from your mind sometimes. Yeah. You can feel your mind go, Oh, hey, Sam, like my mind's this amazing tool, this really sexy, fantastic, highly intelligent brain, uh, but also <laughs> very yeah. screwed up, too, in some ways, you know, and uh, and to just, you know, go, hey, body, like, you know, you're you're really feeling a lot of intense feelings right now. But is this real or is this yeah. just like a chemical product of this this narrative that I've written, which we love to be right. Mm-hmm. We love to be correct and we love for all our suspicions to be correct. And so the 24 hour news cycle, that's, I really believe that's what they're selling Yeah, is, Hey, progressive liberal, <clears throat> you're right. You're right. The world's ending. This is all fucked. There's hate everywhere. This, this thing is awful. You're right. You're correct. We're going to reinforce that. And then if you go to conservative media, it's the same thing. You're right. These fucking snowflakes, you know, these, <laughs> these people, the, the rigged, yeah. media. And so that's what they're selling is just a affirmation, a, affirming that you're correct. And so if you have these thoughts that you're a broken, you know, you're, you've, you've seen too much trauma, you're a broken piece of shit, unworthy of love. Um, then it's also weirdly comfortable to find ex- like, uh, to find examples of that being correct. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, and it's it's called confirmation bias, right? Like yep. if you have this suspicion that you're doomed, you're gonna find things that affirm that you're doomed. If if you're suspicious of mm-hmm. your partner cheating on you and you search their text messages, don't ever do that. But let's say you, <laughs> let's say you did, and I've had somebody do this to yeah. me. Um, you're gonna find stuff that looks like they're cheating, and it it could be totally innocuous. Like my one partner who accused me of um, emotionally being uh, emotionally cheating on her. It was so in my heart of hearts, just a totally platonic friendship right. that was just warm. But one truth I can give, I, I hate to give truths, but one truth I can give is you are worthy of love. Like you're totally worthy of love and being kind to yourself. And I'm, I'm sorry if the world that you grew up in, whether it was your, your parents or people that, gave you this image that you, you weren't worthy of love. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. sorry. It's, you need to actually put some time into rediscovering that because you just are. Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. You know, you touched on something that I've been putting into practice or a technique or, or whatnot. Um, I think you said it perfectly. We all think that we're so right all the time or we want to be right all the time. And when it's just us by ourselves and we think something, we go, Oh, we think it, so that thought is right. Oh, you're ugly, so you must be right. And so you start to think all these things. And if you don't interrupt that pattern, 
we don't talk back to it and go go hey is am i am i really ugly or am i really stupid it really it may sound so minute and go well no i'm not stupid i know what two plus two is i can write i can read i can do these things and stop that that thought process because it's so interesting that you know thoughts are just this illusory thing they're not they're not tangible but yet they're responsible for virtually if not all of the suffering in the entire world but they're also responsible for virtually if not all of the joy in the world it's how you deal with those how you deal with those thoughts and it's okay like you said it's okay to talk back to them and prove them wrong and you have to be kind to yourself going oh okay i thought that that thought is wrong so now let me change my trajectory let me change my pattern let me take a left or let me take a right so it's just really really important to for everyone listening that just because you think a thought doesn't mean your thought is a thing and thought is correct. Switching gears a little bit, I wanted to get your thoughts on physical fitness. I want to stay on the vein of of mental uh, thought, but you do a lot of physical things. You know, you've done wrestling and one of the things that perked my ear up is that you've also done Muay Thai and some other martial arts. How is that helped you or how does that affect you or, or if anything at all? Yeah, I think you, I think you can really push the needle quite a bit with, um, diet, exercise and sleep, you know, good sleep hygiene, moving your meat suit, getting, you know, getting all the systems working, getting the respiratory and cardiovascular system going, reminding your body that it's there and it's awake and, and eating really well, eating whole, you know, unprocessed foods. It's just a great place to start, you know, mm. just eat, really fresh vegetables and and things that just haven't just been completely processed that you know whole fresh grains whatever it is and I don't subscribe to a specific diet at the moment yeah. but you figure it out for yourself you can just start with really fresh food um about being physical i think it's incredible i think that martial arts is a great discipline i'm not currently doing it um because I'm self-employed and budgeting and, <laughs> and have decided to uh, take on a, a new employee, new addition to the team who I'm really excited about. Um, but uh, I think cardio is the best thing you can do for your mind, you know. And I, I love to be physical. I haven't been as physical as I'd like lately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just don't punish myself for that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm aware just from personal experience how important it is. And so I can't wait to get back on the wagon. I'm not going to like really get down on myself for not doing such a great job as of late. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's tremendously important. Yeah. The, one of the catch-22s, though, is sometimes you're um, like what's going to help you like eating good and exercising and sleeping good is like – damn near impossible to do. So sometimes you just have to force yourself to, to get back onto the, the wagon. But yeah, you know, what pisses me off the most about life is one of the things is when, when all of us, when we are diligent in our, for me, it's just, like I said, if I do this pretty much daily, if I wake up at, at four or five in the morning, I meditate, I read, I go work out, I eat right. Virtually every single day is 
is good. I'm not saying I'm screaming from the mountaintop and my life's amazing and all this type type of stuff, but my mental fortitude is really on point. I feel good about life. Things may not be going good, but I feel good about life. However, even though I know that is the best thing for me, I still would way rather sit on the couch, eat pizza, drink cocktails, do all all that stuff more so than eat eat well and it's whatever happens after we die if there's a maker if you believe in that or not that's the first thing i want to ask him why is all the bad stuff feel so good and sometimes the good stuff feels so bad or so difficult to go through so i just don't i don't get it get it some of the things that piss me off in life (laughs) yeah well i think there's you know i think homeostasis is a real thing which is that your body is trying to find it's normal so if your normal is not working out and not eating well, um, when you, when you start to eat well and work out, like that's not normal. Your body's kind of going like, what the, what the fuck dude, what's going on? Uh, and so I think the, the body is kind of a misguided, like I just, you know, all these forces I think are just misguided, all these really negative things, uh, for the most part. And I think it's just like a misguided way to be like, hey, that's not normal. So we're going to we're going to try to chemically, you know, get you, you know, through feelings, try to get you back into what's normal and healthy. It just happens not to be healthy. Yeah. I wanted to ask you and I asked this question in all sincerity with love and kindness. Did you growing up with um, a parent as profound and prolific or kind of in the limelight as your mom was? Did you ever feel overshadowed or feel necessary to do something to get out of her shadow that she cast or if she did? Yeah, boy. I mean, that's probably been some of my greatest life work is trying to figure that out. Like, how could I ever step out of her shadow? You know, for, a, real quick, just, sorry for, for the listeners. Can you just give a quick synopsis or highlight of who your mom, mom is? So people who don't know her kind of know what you're talking about <laughs> my mom's uh, an author named Anne Lamont she's pretty well known yeah and um she she has a a, a huge loyal following so yeah it's it, it is tough to be Anne Lamont's son in some ways and I'm sure it's an extreme example of, of what other people have gone through where it's like you never want to get introduced as Anne Lamont's son it's like my name is Sam you Fuckhead. (laughs) Yeah. I'm my own person. I'm my own dreams and ambitions. But people want to do that. Like, people love legacies. Like, they're like, we're just so drawn to it. Like, oh, the Kennedys. Like, they're just somehow just amazing. And um, it was tough. You know, I grew up with my mom, who's a very busy single mom. I, in hindsight, don't feel like there was enough containment or time for me and my mom recognizes that like we've had to cross that bridge and recognize that things could have been better you know and I have gone to therapy for it I will be going to therapy for it again Um, and it's part of our journey together is to um, reconcile this I have a 10 year old I try to give him more containment than I had. I tried to give him more time that, you know, parent time than I had. And 
yeah, I've been incredibly resentful at times. I've been so angry at times. We've had long stretches of times where we just couldn't get along. And so it's been one, it's definitely been a unique experience. I also feel like I got a world-class experience on, on being a creator and going for your dreams and, you know, really feeling like I don't want to make it to being 78 and not having tried. You know, I think trying is so much more important than accomplishing. Like if you want to start a podcast, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly slow. It's so financially and emotionally draining. Preach. And yeah. And so this two years of becoming financially sustainable has been the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. And um, now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I can pay my bills and these expenses, but this is too much work for just me. I need help now. I need to somehow make enough money to hire help. So, um, I don't know that the podcast will exist in five years. It's been a great two years. I don't know if it'll exist. Um, I've turned down some really amazing job opportunities in the last two years, um, making more money than I would have ever made in my life. And it's just what felt right. But I think trying is important. You want to be, you want to get into hand lettering, try it. See if you like it. Yeah. Um, you, if you want to make, you know, you have this thing where you're like, I want to make a mark on the world, try. I think focusing too much on the end goal, you know, I think it's great for some people that made it to the end goal, but I think also it's okay to, to um, fall short. You, it's like my buddy Bruce and I, this was back when I wasn't clean and sober, we decided to go on a road trip up north and not know where we were going. Like we bought a, a physical map of California. We had a bunch of camping gear. We had like four hits of acid uh-huh. and we were just and like $500 and we were just going to go out. And the cool thing about that is we didn't know where we were going to end up. We didn't know if we were going to end up at some shitty, f- stupid fucking town uh-huh. or some amazing place. And the first night we did end up at this just total dog shit campground. The joy of not needing that end goal of not thinking that we deserved this thing, but just to go explore is that you had, you were forced to enjoy every moment because if there was a beautiful stretch of road, you didn't know if that was it. Yeah. You didn't know if after this was just going to be just paved road, shit desert, you know, you just Mm -hmm. didn't know. And so I think that's a really healthy place. That's when I'm at my healthiest creating, that's where I'm creating from is curiosity is just trying to enjoy the process along the way as much as I can. Some of the stuff I just loathe, but trying to enjoy the process. And if you're like me, if you're really trying to make phenomenal work and you maybe have a a big ego or like I do, or you really think that you're, you're special and gifted like I do, uh, sometimes I just write on my hand. This is very new. Just write on my hand, ordinary and average. Mm-hmm. Just make things that are ordinary and average. Make a podcast that's ordinary and average. And it sounds ridiculous, right? But here's here's the, the thing is that you can stop yourself from making some of your best work because it doesn't meet a ridiculous expectation. And for somebody like myself that really wants to make exceptional work and do exceptional things – um, I, the great fear of that is to be ordinary and average. And so to live there kind of instantly demystifies your greatest fear. 
which is not being spectacular. Yeah. And um, that's bought me some breathing room, actually. You know, just, you know, you're freaking out. You're, this work's not up to snuff. Just make ordinary and average shit. <laughs> and most of the time, if you're like me and you're really hard on yourself, uh, it's surprisingly good. You know, I've yeah. made um, a couple episodes that were, quote unquote, ordinary and average, and people still seem to listen. So, yeah, I like the, um, the story. Marcus Aurelius actually hired a person just to follow him around during his times going, you're only a man, you're only a man, you're just a man, just to kind of keep him grounded and not have his ego get away from him. So I think sometimes when we are striving for the upper echelons or whatever, I think we have to be careful with our self-critical, but also realize that we're just a human being and we're just a man. Yeah, I, I love the Stoics. Yeah, Marcus really is a totally phenomenal character. I mean, he wrote that uh, most of those bits of meditations during like a really awful camp war campaign where he was basically getting his ass kicked yeah. for a lot of it, like really bloody. And so to, to write these like profound and upbeat things during like just a horrific time in your life is pretty amazing. Seneca, another Stoic, used to like spend a couple days a month, I think, as a homeless person. Oh, wow. And it was just like, like that was just his greatest fear, you know, losing everything. So he would just live like he had nothing and just be like, you know, this is not so bad. And yeah. I, I thought about doing a little urban camping for a day <laughs> or two just to, just to explore that, but haven't done so yet. Yeah. What is your superpower? Yeah. So I really think that my superpower is, is a confidant. You know, if I, if you invite me to your, your family gathering, I'm going to walk away knowing stuff about grandma that nobody else knew, mm. you know, I'll know about the, the time that she really hated grandpa and wanted to divorce him or about the abortion that they had to get or whatever it was. Like, I don't know why I can't really take credit for it. People just tell me shit. I th and I'm a safe person to tell, you know, um, I'll have friends who are, disputing each other and they will both tell me their their like struggles with each other knowing that I'm not going to reveal that to the other person just yeah. honor that they're going to work this out themselves so I think one of my superpowers is being a confidant I think another one of my superpowers is I never give up like I just don't I, I if I can't run I walk if I can't walk I crawl and I try, I continue, I have, uh, I'm able to find a willingness to just try, even if it's like pathetic, even if it's you looking at the outside is like, this guy's not like doing much. Like he's just, mm -hmm. but in, in my mind, I'm like getting through it and just trying and just moving or taking, you know, taking a rest and knowing that I'm going to be able to, uh, to run again one day. And, um, that's something that I actually learned from my mom. It's something, it was like what I was growing up on. It's just, we never give up. We never give mm -hmm. up. I have it tattooed on my arm right here. We never give up. And, um, you know, I, I fall apart at times. Like I just do. And I don't know if that's something that I will grow out of through my evolution or if that's just a part of my existence here is that once a year I'll have like a, a just falling apart moment where it feels like I've just lost everything. I've lost momentum. I've lost relationship. I've lost respect for myself. And I like square one 
is my home turf. And I, I said on a podcast, this has become like one of my most quoted lines is square one is sacred ground. Like if you're truly at square one, like truly, truly, you really have nothing. You are on a blank canvas. Like you are at a place that so many of us wish we could be at because it's, you really can just decide whatever you want. Or if you're like me and you feel like you're square one often, even though you're not truly at square one, like what a gift, like yeah. reassess, reevaluate, start over. Just for me, it's just like, just be willing to try again. Yeah. Just, you know, be willing to fail, be willing to try again. It's not so bad. It's crazy. The society that we're in is just like momentum, 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 mm-hmm. you know, like because Instagram's going to fuck up your algorithm if you don't post a lot, <laughs> uh, you know, which is true, but, um, I haven't been having momentum lately. I've been in like a, a, a little bit of a lull and I haven't posted on Instagram in like months. And you know what? Like I, I'm gonna find the willingness to post again. The algorithm's going to get great. I'm going to get likes again. Um, but it's just none of it is quite as big of a deal as it's easy to make. Like it's really easy to make like, Oh fuck. If I miss, if I miss a week, this is going to be the end, end of the show. Or if I miss two weeks, I've got a whole month without producing a podcast. I've been on a pretty great streak lately of getting it out once a week, but I've got like a whole month. I I think that's my superpowers. I'm just (laughs) shameless. You know, I'll just take care of myself. And, um, you know, Um, you know, two things with your superpower. One, my uh, buddy Jason says, uh, has a great quote that I tell myself all the time. says, it's impossible to beat somebody who never gives up. And so to have that as your superpower is pretty, uh, pretty cool. And then on the second portion of your superpower, one of the things that I love about podcasts. I think that was Babe Ruth. Oh, well, then he, he uh, stole it from yeah. him. <laughs> Great quote. It was on my kid's Little League jersey, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the second thing with your superpower, one of the things that I love about podcasts is that I think it's virtually impossible to be fake or to have a facade or put a mask on or to have bravado over so many hours of content. And so I say this with the most sincerity that when I listen to your podcast or you, when you're a guest on another person's podcast, the energy or the um, aura, whatever you're putting out, makes me want to talk to you, like makes me want to confide in you. So you have a very soft and warm heart and very um, profound way of th- thinking. So I think that uh, that superpower is really, really good. And anytime you're back in uh, Orange County, feel free to come over and you can talk to my grandma. <laughs> Yeah, th- thanks, Josh. I, you know, I'm, I think we're we're pretty similar. So, I'm I'm just gonna accept that compliment, which is not always easy. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, I'd love to hang out. You know, one of the one of the secrets is to find other tribe members. So, I I talk to other podcasters often. I I'll be that guy in your network as well. You know, if you're like feeling like, oh shit, this thing's not going anywhere. My numbers aren't moving. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm your guy. And that's, that's the secret to, to you listeners out there is like, find a community, make a community because none of us really do it alone. And it's so much better to, to have people that are doing the same kind of stuff you're doing. If you're starting to work for yourself, you're going to be doing some of the most deepest spiritual work that you're, you've ever done in your life. That's right. And you'd be so much better off to, to have people along the way and it's complex. You know, another podcaster friend of mine, we often get envious of each other. We have to work through it. We're very honest with each other. Like, hey, man, like, 
super envious of what you're doing right now. Like you're on a, on a roll. And, I, yeah. and then the other person's just like, yeah, well, you know, it's like, looks like that on Instagram, but actually like my numbers haven't really changed that much. I've been freaking out. And then you can work through this and it's really the thing. Like I, I'll, I'll text a few people today and, um, you know, I may end up shooting a text your way, but I'm that guy. Like yeah. that's my offer to you, Josh, you know, it's like, I'm willing to be one of the people in your network and to, to join your family. Yeah. And for the listener, like do that, like m make connections with people who are on a similar path. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I definitely will, will take that. Um, I know we're cruising up on time and I do just have, uh, one or two more questions, but before we get to that, can tell the listeners uh, where they can find you a little bit about your podcast, um, your website, you have some great writings on there. So where can everybody find you? Thanks. Yeah. The website is hellohumans.co. I, I hate it. I'm trying to raise some money to redesign it, but the podcast, which I think is some of the best work I'm doing is how to human. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on overcast I'm having some problems with stitcher. I don't know why, but, um, I'm really proud of the work I'm doing on how to human. And if you want something a little bit lighter, you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Sam Lamott. And every Monday we do shitty life advice. Uh -huh. Basically, if you do the exact opposite of what I tell you to do, then it's pretty good advice. But it's this open Q&A where I purposely answer things with the exact opposite thing that you should do in shitty life advice. Cool. Well, last two, two questions. The first one, what is the biggest mask that you've worn in your life and how have you overcome that and how have you taken that mask off? Hmm. Yeah, I've worn, I've worn many masks. I think the biggest, most detrimental, detrimental mask I've ever worn, which was detrimental to me, but really doing a disservice to everybody I came in contact with was when I would pretend to be happier than I am or pretend mm. that things are going better than they are. Because um, a lot of us are doing that at this point, and I probably slip into that at other points. But the problem is, is that we're all comparing our inside lives to other people's out, outside lives. Mm -hmm. And it's really harmful, I think, so many people feel like they're just, they just must be doing something wrong because their life doesn't look like that life. And so I try these days to, to take the mask off. I try to show up when I'm not feeling well. I try to just be as honest as I can. I never, I really, really try not to shrink to people's emotional level either. You know, if somebody else is feeling really shitty, I don't want to like be like, yeah, man, my life sucks too, which is the comfortable thing to do, you know? But just be like, oh, man, like, I'm really sorry to hear that. Like, is there anything I can do? Do you just want to talk? But I try to be really honest. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes I'm, I'm going through something that's so tough. Like, I couldn't sit in front of a camera and do anything. But other times, like this week, I just put it on my stories. Like, hey, y'all, I'm in the <laughs> Kaiser psych ward, you know. I'm trying to um, – I feel like things could go one or two ways. I'm going to try and do what I can to make it go another way and then – Yesterday, when I got prescribed a new medication, just threw it up on the Instagram. You know, threw it up on the story, like, and um, you know, yeah. that's okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm shameless about it. Nice. Then, just last question: How have you personally, Sam Lamont, built your self worth? Yeah, that's really, that's tough because it's, 
It's an ongoing in some process. way, it is like a, a structure that you build for yourself. And in other ways, it's like a sandcastle that you maintain. Mm-hmm. And that at some points, chunks of it fall off and you have to rebuild. And so I think you can really affect your self-esteem with right action. You know, in recovery, there's a big saying that says that you can't think yourself out of wrong thinking. You have to act yourself out of wrong thinking. And so I think if you if you do good work, if you're in service to other people, that helps a lot. If you show up for your friends that have a newborn baby and just say, hey, man, can I can I clean your living room for you? Or can I wash the dishes that have built up? Like, can I just help out? You're going to feel a lot better about yourself. If you volunteer, you know, to help mm-hmm. the SPCA or the local dog shelter or the local homeless shelter or, you know, big brothers or sisters or any of these really cool organizations that take volunteers, that's going to help. I think one of the big problems that I get into is just me, 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 you know, like all my problems are me based. Mm -hmm. And when you get out of yourself a bit, um, boy, can that give you some really important breathing room? Did that, did that answer the question? Yeah. I, 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 I try to be really kind to myself. I try to look for things that are really right. And I do gratitude lists. I try to just, you know, really continue to just fall in love with myself when I can. And when I'm having a day where I look good to myself in the mirror, which is actually, it it has been pretty uh, linear-ish, you know, with little, little downs, but I think it has really gradually grown over the years. I try to say, God, those, your eyes are just stunning. (laughs) And you know, if the rest of your face, you're having a hard time being kind to yourself about, let's just hone in on that. Yeah. This is someone in how stunning your eyes are. That's perfect, my friend. That's perfect. Well, thank you again for coming on the Overcoming You podcast. Whatever you do, please keep doing your podcast because if no one tell, tells you, I'm telling telling you right now that I enjoy it and it adds value to my life. So I really appreciate all the uh, art and everything that you're putting out there. So thank you very much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Good to meet you. Thank- yeah, good to meet you, Josh. Uh, anytime. I'm happy to, to come on anytime. This has been great. And to the listeners, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, man, thanks for doing okay. what you do. Cool. Thanks. See ya. Bye. See ya.